This episode is brought to you by Chevron, the human energy company. This is Politico Energy. I'm Josh Siegel. The United States announced a major scientific breakthrough on Tuesday that could change clean energy. After decades of research, U.S. scientists based in California can now create a nuclear fusion reaction that produces more energy than the reaction requires. That means that in the future, nuclear fusion could become a practical source of clean, inexpensive energy that doesn't create long-lived radioactive waste or worsen global warming. Energy Secretary Jennifer Granholm called the findings one of the most impressive scientific feats in the 21st century, but the technology itself still faces many obstacles for widespread commercial use, namely money. But scientists and bipartisan lawmakers still are embracing the historic milestone. So today we chat with Politico's Ben Lefebvre about what to know about DOE's fusion breakthrough and how lawmakers are reacting. It's Wednesday, December 14th. So, Ben, why is this announcement from the Department of Energy about achieving a breakthrough in nuclear fusion energy so significant for science and for the United States? It's really a proof of concept that fusion could actually work as an energy source. It showed that you could, and this is what the scientists did, you can generate a fusion reaction that produces more energy than what it took to start the reaction. You know, as scientists told us, it shows that this actually not only in theory, but in practice works. And now comes the hard work of making it happen consistently and much more cheaply than what it took to do it in the, in the California National Lab. Right. And so what exactly did scientists demonstrate here? And why has it been so hard to reach this point, given how long the federal government has been seeking a fusion breakthrough? Yeah, they've been working on this for 60 years. And what they demonstrated was basically, I mean, the way this works is really interesting, just the way to describe it. They used 192 lasers that they shot at a diamond capsule about the size of an erase, like a pencil eraser. I think they said it took two megajoules of energy to shoot those lasers into there. And then the reaction that occurred, which they described as like, this is basically a small scale star that they created for like nanoseconds, had an output of three megajoules of energy. So that's what they're able to do is they say, well, look, we can do this. It's so hard because it's so friggin' expensive. I mean, just to get this done took billions of dollars. And these lasers are, they're fairly old. They've been working on them, but they can only fire them like once, I think it's like once a day. So just to get this to a point where you could be firing lasers, they said 10 times per second was what they think it would take to have actually a fusion reactor that you could put into a power grid. That's a lot of money. So that's, it's been so hard to reach because A, it just takes years and years to kind of refine the process to get it to the point it's at now. And you got to get the money to do so. So that's not always widely available. Yeah. So given the hurdles that still exist. I mean, you know, as you report, fusion has long been the stream for scientists who say the technology will enable cheap, plentiful power, could uh, really play a role in displacing fossil fuels. And of course, it doesn't leave behind that radioactive waste that fission reactors produce. So it sounds like the Biden administration, though, shouldn't be counting on fusion really playing a role in its emissions goals for this decade. Is that right? Correct. I mean, even the most optimistic folks will say it's going to take decades to get anywhere with this if it happens. The big promise is that if you can get these things done cheaply enough, 
you could have like a, as promoters like to say, a cheap, for all practical purposes, limitless source of energy that has no carbon emissions. There may be a little bit of radioactive waste, but it would not nearly be at the scale of what you get with the regular fission process. I think the director of the national labs where this happened, she said it's still decades away, but she would no longer put it at five to six decades away. She thinks it'll be sooner than that. What her stance was like, this is now moving into the foreground. This is now a matter of getting the tech where it needs to be, because now with this breakthrough, the science shows that we are where we need to be with the science, you know, for the big picture. So it's now it's going to be you know, I don't want to say incremental because it's going to be big increments, but it's now seems doable. And I know you you were talking to some Democrats and Republicans on the Hill. Like, what was their reaction to this? Yeah, so it has been pretty, pretty bipartisan as far as the celebration for this milestone. I, I caught up with Senator Joe Manchin, who is the chair of the Energy Committee. His committee did hold a hearing just in September on the federal government's role in supporting the commercialization of fusion energy. He called it a uh, tremendous achievement and said really could unlock and solve the energy challenges the whole world faces. And with fossil fuels and new technologies in development, this kind of just another solution as we move to a zero carbon future. And then from the Republican side, they're, of course, supporters of scientific breakthroughs and new technologies. So this kind of fits in into their general worldview. But of course, there's still questions. I mean, they weren't very definitive as far as would they support additional research dollars to support more technological advancements in this area. And of course, they said that as Jim Risch, who's the ranking member of the Foreign Relations Committee, he was a little bit more skeptical, like fusion. I mean, it's kind of this unicorn. Everyone chases it. Maybe someday we'll catch it. So, I mean, generally bipartisan support, but definitely questions on what that translates to. Also, on Tuesday, Senate Majority Leader Chuck Schumer said that he will hold a vote on a proposal from Senator Joe Manchin to streamline energy permitting rules as an amendment to the National Defense Authorization Act. However, the amendment is unlikely to get 60 votes given the opposition of Senate Republicans and some progressives. Last week, pushback from GOP senators and House progressives forced Democratic leaders to yank the permitting proposal from being written in a defense bill, which is the second time Manchin's permitting effort has failed since September. Schumer did not say when the amendment vote would happen, but the vote is meant to put Republicans on the record since Democrats led by Manchin said they offered significant concessions in their latest permitting proposal in response to GOP concerns. For more news on energy and the environment, subscribe to our free newsletter at politico.com slash power switch and subscribe to Politico Pro to read our morning energy newsletter. Some of the music in today's show was composed by Mysterious Breakmaster Cylinder. I'm Josh Siegel and we'll see you back tomorrow. This episode is brought to you by Chevron, the human energy company. Did you know that Chevron is working with partners in California to convert the methane from cow waste into renewable natural gas that one day can help fuel trucks across the nation? Find out more at chevron.com rng.